Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. In this episode, Frank and Andy speak to Carlos Chacon about data community, family, and messy data in legacy CRM systems. Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you can consider us like Car Talk. And with me on this epic road trip down the information superhighway, as always, is Andy Leonard. How's it going, Andy? Hey, Frank. It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. We're uh, it's a, a second podcast we're recording uh, in in as many days. Today is Friday, uh, March fifth, and yesterday uh, we logged into Zencaster, completely new UI, completely uh, threw us off. Uh, my computer froze, and I just assumed it was like maybe I kicked it the wrong way. It's a desktop. Maybe some memory got like loose. We went to record this, and the exact same point in time, boom! It went. The whole computer went kablooey. Yep. Um, I am always I always have a backup ready because of my experience with a, a certain uh, uh, database provider. <laughs> it's not it Azure. May or it's may not DB. be Cloud DB. Clear DB. Clear DB. Sorry. Yeah, because they clear you out. Um, ah! so <laughs> oh wait. Oh no! I deleted the the drum the drum thing. I was gonna play the drums. All right. <laughs> yeah. We have exactly. Carlos. Who needs this? <laughs> I, I did good for something today, right? You know. Now I know my place in the podcast. The reason, the real reason, you invited me on today. <laughs> it's becoming very clear now. <laughs> Car- Car- Carlos, you are much more than a drum machine, and I think Andy has an awesome. That is so uh, true. Some intro for you, awesome bio for you. Uh, Carlos is a great guy. Go ahead, Andy. Why don't you uh, introduce our guest? Well, I, I appreciate that, Frank. Yeah, Carlos is, and I have been friends for a while. Um, not as long as you and I have been friends, Frank, but Carlos hangs out in the Richmond tech community. He's a great guy. I want to throw out SQL Trail because I don't see it in here anywhere. That's coming up, right? SQL Trail, Carlos? It is on March 18th. Uh, okay. We're having our, our event and yeah, and y'all have been doing that for a number of years now. Uh, Carlos himself has been working with uh, SQL Server for more than 10 years, and he works with healthcare administrators um, who use SQL Server to make sure their environments are uh, up to snuff for their users' expectations. He also does performance, migration, and disaster recovery. Um, and as I said earlier, he is very active in the SQL Server community in Richmond, Virginia, Um, He speaks at user conferences all over. Uh, He is a fellow podcaster, uh, the SQL Data Partners podcast. SQL Data Partners is Carlos' company. And I believe you reach your company's website at sqldatapartners.com. All one word. Is that correct, Carlos? That's the one. Yeah, you can find us there. And one other thing, he has a database monitoring tool, uh, or he supports a database monitoring tool named database health and you can find it at databasehealth.com welcome uh to the podcast awesome yeah, well, thanks for Carlos. having me gentlemen it's a pleasure i've been following you guys for a while uh and uh it, you know it's nice to be uh you know a, a 
a little person among among giants. And so thanks for having me on. Uh, you guys are doing great stuff. I always seem like I, as I follow you, I feel like I'm always getting notifications. Right, Andy's live. Frank is live. You know, and I'm like, man, you guys are uh, just killing it. Well, there's two of us, so you know we outnumber you there by a clean hundred percent. So I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying, you know, I think it's just perception, Carlos. But I know you guys. Um, when you go live, when you, you do the SQL Server, SQL Data Partners podcast, you go live, right? We do. So we introduced that this year. Uh, one nice. of the things we wanted to do was try and extend, really, just to get people to interact, right? So that this is a, this has been a, a struggle for us. I'll I'll admit. So we can see the listens, but we don't generally get a lot of feedback if those folks aren't on social media. I mean, every once in a while we'll get a, Hey, great episode, you know, things like that. But we were thought, okay, well, how is it that we could get more engagement there? And we thought, okay, well, streaming is now becoming more popular. Uh, let's take a peek there. And uh, you know, it's, it's been, we've been slowly trying to to build that at first. We just kind of tried it just to kind of get the technology pieces out. Right. Then you get a schedule, right? So streamers like their schedules. Um, I'm not sure that we have a great schedule just yet, but you know we're trying it. I I think the engagement has gone up, and so for right now it's uh, yeah it's working for us. But you have a schedule, so you're like ahead of us on that regard for sure. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> well, it can be tough. No, I remember you know I mean you know trying to get people, particularly with guests, right? Because you yeah. you have to accommodate their schedule, right? So that's something that you know we now struggle with. So we generally have to go out much further in advance. Right. So, so we're, 11, you know, Wednesdays, 1130 Eastern is when we try to go live. And so then you have to, you know, figure out when that person would be available. And anyway, back when we were doing it before, we would just record whenever the guest was was available. And so, yeah, one more thing to kind of juggle. No, so that's like how we, point. we do. Go, Frank. Go ahead. Yeah, we kind of we're, we're, we're kind of doing a hybrid thing. We're kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And Andy has his independent stream. I have my independent streams. We'll sometimes join each other's streams. It's kind of like that philosophy, um, you know, let a thousand flowers bloom type thing. That way, uh, you confirm that in some sense it is working because every time you're on somewhere, you're like, Frank's streaming, Andy's doing this, Frank's this, that, you know. So that really is uh, kind of the, um, maybe it's like it's like raid drives, right? We've done an array of inexpensive streamers, race. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, raise, raise, rise. I don't raise. know. Raise. But we can go with that. Rave. We can pronounce it that way anyway. Right. I don't see why not. Anyway, um, I unlike Andy, I am not properly caffeinated, unfortunately. And every time, like, I'm thrown off my main like recording rig, I'm thrown off. So. Bear with me. I think you're just a little um, too excited about the so, weekend, right? I mean, here we are at uh, you know three thirty uh, on Friday, Friday, and you're just like, no, we're you know, we, we just need to cruise, cruise control into the weekend here. That's it. I have two that meetings for work right? after this. Oh, man. I have two work meetings after this, so yeah, there's no. I'm double booked. I've got one quite a bit lately. So, and there's yeah. Yeah. So um, back on back on track, I had the luxury. I had the uh, not luxury, but I had the the fortunate uh, uh, chance to uh, speak at SQL Trials last year. Not last year. I guess it would have been 2019. 2019. Um, yep. In person, person, and that was 
Yeah, that was that was fun. A bunch of us on my uh, my uh, my team, uh, uh, we went down to Richmond and spoke, and it was great. I even recorded a data point after that uh, with a colleague of mine. It was it was awesome. It was a great uh, it's a great event. Um, and um, how did that get started? Yeah, so it ultimately sprung from the podcast. Uh, again, we, we wanted to engage with folks, and the the thought was, you know. There are other events out there. We, you know, we, we started, we started, you know, people were listening to us and we thought, okay, well, is there any interest in getting people together um, and, and, you know, kind of sharing a, an event? So I was heavily influenced by like SQL Cruise. So Tim Ford, right. And I guess ultimately, you know, kind of Brent kind of kicked that off, but then Tim took it and, and ran with it. So I was, I, I, we had done that. Um, and so I liked that model. And then through some of the freelancing uh, conferences that I was going to, I found a model that I really liked and tried to adopt that. And so that's how we started with SQL Trail. And, um, you know, it's morphed and evolved just like everything else uh, has. And and now we've had to go virtual, right? Because, you know, uh, getting together is, you know, is, is a challenge. So, um, yeah. Sure. I mean, well, tell me a little bit about uh, about SQL Data Partners and what you guys do. Yeah, so I've always had a, a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in me, uh, but I was a, a little, you know, always afraid to uh, to start the, the process. So SQL Data Partners ultimately aims to help organizations eliminate the pain of working with data, right? To help uh, solve some of those problems, cool. and so we work, as you mentioned, Andy, with healthcare, uh, printing manufacturing is another one we've added to the list and, and ERPs. So, uh, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the distribution, um, you know, vertical and you have a warehouse and you bring in product and need to ship it out, those are all, those are also customers that we're looking, looking to help. And ultimately we want to help you take care of that data. So we are, you know, as a Microsoft partner, we're in the data platform space and uh, I think there are lots of organizations out there that, um, you know, just <laughs> have been doing things the same way for a long time. And as they need to evolve, as they, you know, they've been hearing, they hear, hear about the cloud, right? Or that there's competition that's like, hey, we've got to get better at this faster, you know, all of these type things. Uh, they need a sounding board, right? They need a, a way to be like, hey, how can I? How can I make this better? How can I make this easier for my organization? Or sometimes they just need an escalation resource, right? right. And and we can also you know help them with that as well. So that was that was ultimately the idea, and and so so far, you know I guess knock on wood it's uh, it's been going well, uh, not without its you know hiccups and and bumps and whatnot as we all have. Um, and in fact, the, you know the. <laughs> I'm straying from your question, Andy. So you'll you'll forgive me, but no, when I first, good. This I first is what started we want. the business, um, <laughs> you know, I thought it, I was always worried about the technology, right? I'm like, well, what happens if a customer asks me a question and I don't know the answer to it? And ultimately, I started seeing more and more consultants come through. Right, I was looking at their bill rate, and they were coming to me and asking questions, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously, I've got the technology part of it. <laughs> but I had strayed a little too far to the technology, right? You go out on your own and then you get your first customer and you're like, great. And then that customer says, thank you. And then you're like, 
oh, well, where's my second customer? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, business. Now I have to figure out what running a business is like, right? <laughs> so, it's so true. That route. So, and it's hard to do it. It's hard to do it alone. Uh, you need uh, you need as many as much help as you can get, as many helpers. And it turns out that you know many hands make light work. So, no, exactly, exactly. And yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, the age that we live in, and you know, obviously, the organization doesn't exist anymore. But pass right the so the data platform community, you know, at large, has yeah. played a huge role in. You know, I think getting access to things, right? Getting access to people, um, even the podcast. I mean, one of the reasons I started the podcast was I wanted to be able to interview people, right? Talk to people. And you always felt weird. You're like, hey, can I talk to you about this? But if you go up to him, you're like, hey, can I get you on my podcast? Sure, right? Like There you go. And then you just kind of ask them questions that you have. And, you know, and if people want to join the conversation, great, you know? <laughs> Well, I've, I've listened to a number of your podcasts and I've learned stuff every single time. So, and I was also uh, blessed to be one of your guests a few weeks ago. Um, and it dawned on me as we were talking about SQL Trail earlier that I was supposed to send you something and then I didn't. So I owe you an apology for that. I'm sorry about that, Carlos. Oh, no, you're fine. And so I have a, I have a feeling that, uh, so we are hoping to do this uh, a couple more times. So we're going to have another one in June. Oh, nice. And actually looking at opening it up a little bit bigger through some technology, right. That we're going to start leveraging. So hopefully uh, if you're, if you're open to it, we'll uh, hook you back in, 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 in June. Would love Cool. To. And I, I want to echo that apology because I was supposed to do that too. Uh, and I didn't my, my mistake. I'm sorry. And, and we made up know, an we... abstract for you, right? We just said, okay, well, this is what, <laughs> this is, this is what we think we <laughs> talk about and hopefully he can find something and, you know, and meet that uh, abstract. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Frank, it's on, it's on machine learning and I built a slide deck for you. <laughs> oh, <that'd be> fun. <laughs> so, you know. What could go wrong? I mean, you know, you have to show up, right? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, funny. improv. That's it. <laughs> you know what's funny is years ago we, when they it was right around the time Pass started the uh, the lightning talks. Um, uh, Alan um, uh, SQL Runner, uh, Alan White, uh, Alan White yeah. posted that he had finished his deck for the lightning talk, and I we were back and forth on Twitter, and I was like, well, you should send mine uh, as well. I had submitted for a lightning talk and been accepted, and it just kind of kept going back and forth. And finally, he agreed. We were like, okay, fine. Here's what we'll do. Alan said, I'll build your deck for you. And you're not going to see it before you step on the stage and begin delivering the talk. It was like, <laughs> that sounds perfect. Now, a lot of, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and were like, are you really going to do that? You know, really, really good speakers. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's just so risky. And I'm like, no, it's not. If I get up there and bomb, I hadn't seen the slides. Sure. Yeah. I, I pulled this off. I'm Superman. There <laughs> you know? you go. And so it worked out for the most part. It actually did. So I look at risk skewed. That's just me. But it, it was funny. He did. The Alan is a, coming up. Well, he's a singer and, um, and an actor. And he has a lot of stage skills and he put uh, slides up for, uh, from musicals, from famous musicals. And I had I to relate the slides to SSIS. It was funny. I thought. I'm oh, biased. I did like it. Fun. 
Alan did a great job. That was a lot of a lot of good stuff. It really was, Frank. It was a it was a whole lot of fun. So that was cool. In the in the virtual green room between the crashing of machines, um, uh, on my end, uh, we were like, you know, Carlos and and Andy and I, we should all get together and talk shop because we do a lot of we can share a lot of tips and learn a lot. And, um, you know, there's definitely a lot we can learn. Uh, but you said something that I think would dovetail nicely because yesterday, and if you're listening to this, would this would either be five to seven days uh, since we released that episode. Uh, you mentioned ERP systems. And we had a, a guest on the show talking about ERP from kind of the dynamic side. And kind of I had that aha moment of, wait a minute, there's a lot of data in these systems. So I'm assuming, given that you're, you you do a lot of uh, SQL-based work, you can kind of talk about ERP systems from a from probably a, a, a place that most of our listeners, certainly me, would come from, kind of the more data side, not necessarily kind of the existing ERP platform uh, world. Could, what what can you tell us about uh, ERP systems and data? Oh gosh. Uh, that I have to have a very strong gag reflex uh, when we're working with a lot of <laughs> 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 you know. Yeah, so it's definitely not uh, for you know uh, you know for the faint of heart. Uh, I, I say that you know somewhat jokingly, right? But uh, you know the so these systems have been around for a while, you know, it, for, it, and and so they they have their own you know way of going about them, right? So. Uh, not necessarily the dynamics one, but the Great Plains ones, for example, remind me of the old mm-hmm. Oracle systems, right? So they came from the eight, you know, that was eight characters, you know, data, you know, table length was the limits, right? So you get these, you know, N, F32, you know, and you're like, uh, and so trying to learn through, you know, th- through those pieces, you know, can be challenging. Um, so you definitely want to have uh, your, you know, your analyst folks or, you know, the, the business folks, you know, helping you uh, with you there. Um, but I mean, so like any system, right They're they're going to have, um, you know, uh, their, their challenges. I think part of, you know, what we like try to try to do with the, with organizations is help, uh, help them identify where their hotspots are. Right. And then go over processes. I mean, it still amazes me that you have, uh, organizations that don't have down, um, like month end close processes, um, and so then you, you know, they're trying to ship out orders and somebody in his accounting has right, like, let's close the month. Right. And then you have all, you know, these aggregations and things that are happening. You're like, well, it is no wonder they can't ship. Right. Cause you're trying to tie up the, you know, the, the, all the data in, you know, in the month end processes. Um, and so, you know, again, I think from, you know, for, uh, you know, the, the listeners, it, it's generally not. I don't want to say super complicated is not that's right, not a right phrase, but uh, some of it is just figuring out where the where the where the ducks need to go in a row, right? Right. <laughs> and then and then helping the business understand or provide them feedback on, hey, this is what I'm seeing, right? This, you know, where is the process for this? Hey, who do we need to talk to in accounting? You know, getting schedules in place. You know, I would think from a data flow perspective, right, Andy, you, you know, you see, see a lot of that, you know, as well. Um, and so, you know, those are, I'm not sure that they're necessarily unique to ERPs, but we see those same problems, right, with, with ERP systems. 
Yeah, well, when well, you're I doing mean, any your kind of system. business. Go ahead, Andy. Well, okay. So any kind of uh, business system, and you know, it, it seems like it's, it's almost like where you start, right? If you come at, uh, at, at a solution that's going to use a database, this, uh, you and I, all three of us are familiar with Microsoft SQL Server. Um, if, you, if that's the database you choose, but you're really approaching this not from a database-centric experience, and I'm not criticizing that, not at all, um, but if you can solve a business problem and you can use SQL Server to help, then I think that's awesome. But it does show, especially if you are uh, a database-centric person and you come and look at what you know what what's happened to it. I I use SharePoint as an example. I started working with SharePoint back in the old days, and then it it kind of morphed into something different. And it seems to be coming back now, just a little bit back to its roots, which I think is awesome. But even then, even now, when you look at it, you see what they're doing with data types and and stuff like that. And it's it's not that what they're doing is wrong. It's that what they're doing is difficult. Uh, to manage from a database administration perspective. It, it just is. And I am not a database administrator. I know you are, Carlos. You're a DBA. And I'm a database developer. So I probably cause as much problems for DBAs as anybody else. I'm a fine one to be pointing that out. But, <laughs> but there's something to that, right? When you start making everything uh, a binary large object or a blob, you know, everything is something max. That's where it just gets crazy. You're like, really? Does it, does it really need? Do you? Are you ever going to need all two gigabytes in a blob? Really? Because <laughs> if you're not, let's put a number there <laughs> you know, instead of the word max. So anyway, and, and another thought: easier said than done, but I feel like is important for you know the, in the ERP realm is that again as data folks, I see a lot of you know chest beating, right? You know, and, <laughs> you know, I have access to the data, hear me roar. Uh, but I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm maiming that. I am. That's going to be a meme. <laughs> yeah. Should be a t-shirt. Should be a t-shirt. Yeah, there we go. Um, and it's not to say that you don't have skills, right? I mean, again, you're, you know, you're a technology person whatnot, but I feel like in those environments, especially, uh, you have to have a you know a bit of group think, and I guess maybe this is where you know Andy was kind of alluding to a little bit is uh, you you have to be able to talk to other folks, right? What is it that they're doing? What are their expectations? You know, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, and that will go a long way. It takes a little bit more coordination, right? Um, but I think it, in, at the end of the day, if you can connect with those folks, talk with them about what they're trying to do, it will make your experience much better, right? In the end. Um, and from, a, I guess, as I say that from a you know data perspective, I feel like, well, maybe just in general, everybody needs to know more about the business. So it's not oh, just about the data anymore, right? You right. have to understand what the business is trying to do. And, you know, well, when I was leading a team, I would say that, that, you know, we're building a data warehouse, but we're not going to stick a terminal, you know, out in a, a small room in a closet downstairs and people walk up to it and type T SQL queries. in. that's, not the way this works. If it did, we could build it, you know, kind of data centric. Um, so what we need to do is exactly the process you described. And it turns out 
that the tech behind any of these systems, business systems like ERP systems or data warehouses or what have you, the hard, the hard part is not the tech. It's always the communication and it's always trying to solve the problem. So sure. first you have to ask, what's the problem we're trying to solve? So exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that that can get diluted down, right? You know, in defense of our data folks, right? It can get diluted down. And you're like, oh, hey, this is the problem. Well, but we miss the background, right? Of like, why is why are we asking this? Or, you know, what was the experience? Or, you know, what, yeah, what's the problem we're trying to solve? Um, anyway, we, we, we can skip ahead a little too fast sometimes. Well, I mean that's true, and 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 up until pretty recently, data was not considered a core part of the enterprise. It was kind of seen as a means to an end, or, um, or or worse, you know, kind of like, well, we only have to keep this data for regulatory reasons. I think it's only been in the last definitely three, four years, in my experience, where data has become more and more front and center. And I I still have conversations with customers that. Haven't really realized that they're sitting on top of just a valuable resource, you know. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? Like, well, have and, you seen the so, same thing? Well, so as a as a right as a, I guess I'm. Let me take a drink of my Microsoft Kool Aid right here, and uh, you know, as a uh, as a data platform person, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It tastes good. <laughs> delicious. Um, you know, part of part of that is that the data has become more approachable, right? I mean, it people are able to get access to it, you know, and um, not. I'm not saying that all the tools have necessarily arrived, but you know, when I think about, I guess, so Power BI is you know the kind of the, the new shiny you know uh, toy for the moment. Um, is it makes is it as non-tech people? are able to do more with the data. You, you think about even like your SaaS products, right? That, you know, they want to be able to integrate or like, hey, now I can export that information and start doing something with it. It's They can do that all in a browser, right? They can do that in Excel. Because I now have access to that information, I can then do something with it. And, and I think that's what's that's what's led, you know, to that is, is that you can, you know, you can get it out into the hands of, of more people, right? I think the folks who are still running, you know, SSRS, Crystal Reports, you know, not, it has a place. Don't, I'm not trying to bag on it. You know, I'm not trying to tell you you have to rip it all out today, right? Don't, don't get me wrong. But if that's the only tool you have, then you have put the reporting onus on the IT folks, right? And then you get that back and forth of, well, hey, you know, you asked for this and you deliver it. And then the person's like, well, you know, and then the IP's like, the IT person's like, I'm done. Like you, I've done what you asked for, right? Like go away, right? Get back or get back in the queue, right? And so, you know, never again, have a negative never. experience. Yeah, <laughs> never, never have. <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah, I, I think that that as, you know, I as IT folks, we've had to ad- adopt a little or adapt and but the tooling is you know is is available. I mean, even the uh, even something like tabular models, right? It just makes it more approachable, right? I'm not saying that it's it's a silver bullet, but people can get in there. They can they can roll around in easier. 
which actually I really like when they do that because inevitably they are going to need escalation resource. And we hope that they call Andy and I, right, when they are stuck. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, I mean that I think that's that's part of you know part of the reason. Um, you know, the other thing, so we, we're working with a fairly large uh water treatment company who's always just treated IT like you know, you guys just are a cost center, right? Like don't don't talk to us. Well, one of the I they brought in a guy um who was um actually a PhD, right? He has a PhD in analytics and uh who helped put put together a data warehouse. And we were, we were kind of the, we were just involved in the cherry on top. He did a lot of the, a lot of the, 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 the found foundational work was able to put together a data warehouse right on their ERP system. Right. So it was not included with the ERP. It was an extension of, and we actually helped with the power BI piece. And because of that, all of a sudden, all these salespeople had access to information that they had to wait, you know, days or you know months for they they didn't have any insights into how it came about and all of a sudden they get this and they're like you mean i can pull this up on my phone like it was and then all of a sudden it was like oh hey it can help us and so there was i'm not saying the neck has shifted completely right but you can hear you know the wd-40 has been applied and they the, the 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 other groups you know the finance the administration groups are starting to to see Hey, right. If we invest in IT, we give them tools. Right? They can. They can actually provide value for the for the business. So, um, again, it's not. It it's, can be painful for those larger organizations, especially the ERP ones, because they've built up processes. Right? This is yeah. the way it's always been done. Right? right. This is the way we do this. Um, yeah, it makes complete sense, and I get what you're saying about that culture shift. Um, that. If, if if you're on a gig where, as a consultant, that's part of the deliverable, you know it, maybe they don't know it, but you realize looking at it, you're going to have to change the way you think about something. That's a hard thing to do. And, you know, you're a psychologist at that point. You're no longer a technologist. <laughs> you're trying to change the way they think. And, and a little bit maybe of a, the business equivalent of an anthropologist. You're just trying to shift that. I love the way you described it with the WD-40 because you're right. They're locked in. And it's not because of malice. And it's not because of ignorance. No, that's right. It's because this is how they've delivered results, you know, for the entire time maybe they've been in business is they would submit these tickets to IT and IT would do the analysis on it. And there'd be maybe a little bit of back and forth about it. And if you're, you know, if you're really fortunate, Sometime between six weeks and six months later, a report shows up, just boom. And I I love the way Power BI approached this. I remember hearing about it early on, hearing some of the philosophy of how they were going to do this. And they were talking about uh, bounded self-service or self-service with an escalation that would allow you to do the analysis and kind of munge in the data. What's beautiful about that is you have the subject matter experts doing the munging. They're playing with their data that they get. And once they get it like they want it, of course, they can save it. Then they can just open the report anytime they want it. But then you've got this escalation point where then it can be published and others in the enterprise can consume that. And that's really the best of all the worlds right there. 
Well, and I want to add, you know, the whole natural language ability, right? Like if there's a oh, query you haven't yes. thought about, you know, you could just say, how are sales based on this? And, you know, I've shown that to people and I have horror stories. When you start talking about crystal reports or talk me back to this one consulting gig I had. And it was just like, there was this one lady, I don't, uh, you know, she, she was like the crystal reports whisperer. Like she, she could just make it do exactly what it's supposed to do and for reasons the the that she didn't get along with the pointy haired boss in the in the corner they fired her and i was just i was upset i was just a consultant i wasn't a full-time employee or whatever at this at this place and i went in i'm like what the hell happened like you realize like this is going to throw off the schedule for me now because I have to deal with crystal reports. I have to beg and plead crystal reports to print right on the page and all that. And he just looked right, at me right. like like a pointy haired boss would look at you and be like, Well, uh, you know What's the big deal, right? It. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like, you know, if you don't do it, you know, it, it was it was uh early two thousand, so the economy wasn't great and who's pretty much like, well if you don't do it, I'll get someone else to do it. Like <laughs> it was just like, oh well, my life sucks now. But but uh no, I, I would you say know, in their in their defense, you'll forgive me, mm-hmm. Frank, for, for jumping in. And in their defense, right, we have there are examples, and again, so I've I've drunk my Kool-Aid, I I have my endorsement, right? Uh but we see things uh, the most recent example uh, to me is for example, Azure um um oh gosh uh data warehouse right yes so the Azure apps, SQL, whatever they're calling it now yeah yeah whatever right so, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, so the predecessor right so it was azure i think it was azure data warehouse azure yeah azure, azure sql data warehouse yeah azure yeah. sql data warehouse right so again there were folks like we had a couple of customers right that um you know cloud right cloud that Greenfield, right? You want to do something new, right? The cloud's a great resource for it, et cetera, et cetera. They're like, okay, we have all this data. Let's try to build something, right, in the cloud. Let's use this new technology. And then it kind of gets ripped out from underneath them. They're like, oh, yep, nope, we're closing this shop up. Now you have to, you have to kind of wait for something else and it's going to be better. Uh, but yeah, the stuff that you've done before, sorry, right? Like go take it somewhere else because you can't, you, you can't, you know, you can't take it with them. And so there, there have been, there are experiences that business has had like that, or like, well, well, now what do we do, right? And so, um, again, that's where I guess you know patience and, and and whatnot have to have to come into play. But um, yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily, yeah, it's not. We don't want to point fingers necessarily, but we all have these experiences, right, that we have to kind of deal with and and get over. No, that's yeah, true. All- that's true. Yeah, it's all, all uh, it, and it is a balancing act at the end of the day. And we all three have done that in our respective jobs, uh, you know, trying to give everyone what they want, but at the same time, educate everyone too and say, look, here's the other side of the story that you're probably aware of already. Just let me remind you, you know, this is, this is a perspective over here on the other side of this or the other end of this pipe, other side of the table. and those are uh, those can be very cool conversations to have. And I, when I end up talking to clients that way, even internal or external, I'm, I'm, I'm actually adjusting the culture 
And what I found is it's very easy to adjust the culture if you do it a millimeter at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's right. It mm-hmm. just takes it's time. Like but if you're trying to go in, um, things. Yeah, that's they, it. Yeah, they, right. they, 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 they do it a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, it's a brings up a big point is that you know, cult, culture and technology, they're different things. They move at different speeds, but one doesn't exist without the other. So I was talking to somebody, to a customer about Azure Purview, uh, which is a, the data catalog, data governance tool. And, you know, they, they basically had a whole laundry list of things that they wanted to fix. Can't see the air quotes uh, if you're listening to this about their data uh, governance. And I was like, okay, listen, <laughs> we have the tools, right? But you have to keep in mind the tooling is at best half the story with data governance, right? The other half is people. I can't control your people, right? You know, people and pro exactly. And it was just like, and you could hear uh, the, the gears turning in this person's head. And she's like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's like, you know, we really have to get our people in line. We really have to kind of sell this up to, you know, the C-suite that, Data governance is important. You have to yeah. do it, and that the technology will only get you so far alone. And I think you, you know, know that mutual, was kind of my recommendation. Go ahead. Yeah, and a mutual friend of I know Carlos and me, and maybe uh, maybe you too, Frank. I don't know if you know Tim Mitchell. He's uh, co-authored some books with me. Um, really yes, talented. I, I know the name. But I, yeah, yeah. TimMitchell.net. He blogs out there. One of his posts. Uh, I don't know if it's titled this or not, but the question is, if you if you go to your favorite search engine, Bingle, and, and type in what is a day, Tim Mitchell, it'll take you to that. And he he's recounting a story, but he's not, you know, he's being vague. We all have to be vague. And not only am I vague when I tell these kinds of stories, I also put a year minimum between when it happened and when I write about it. <laughs> so, you know, but he's gone through he went through this thing and you can put it in data governance master data management data quality what have you but he encountered this where a global enterprise had different definitions of what was a day so when you have a daily snapshot of a business which is not uncommon how did we do yesterday they were having trouble defining a day and it, it sounds simple and we laugh but when you start thinking about the mechanics of that from a you know a data standpoint, it's like, all right, what do you do? Do you pick UTC date? <laughs> How does that work no, no, that's right. in you know in Australia? Because it begins midnight, you know, <laughs> so their time. Right. That doesn't or help them. Twenty-four you know. hours, or like you know, right. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Or, or midnight UTC is noon their time, and vice versa. It's like that's not a good right. divider for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, the uh, so going back to an ERP example, right? So we have a customer we've been working with, right? SQL 2008. And you're like, hey, let's talk about upgrading. And you're like, they're like, okay, right? Yeah, why? It's we, working we, fine. Yeah, yeah. No, so they're, they're they're on board with upgrading, but if they go to the next version there's some changes and they're going to have to retrain their pickers. So the people that are actually taking stock oh. off the shelves and the way they use their guns and everything to do the inventory, all that has to change. And so they're like, 
uh, <laughs> that, you know, we understand why, right? You know, for compliance and all that other, you know, security, all those other pieces. But the task of like, nobody wants to take on the task of having to retrain all those people, right? How to do their jobs, right? And that, that can perfect be a, sense. a challenge. Well, it, it, again, it's a culture shift, right? Sure. Now, now people have to do their jobs differently. So that's, that, you know, that's not nothing. And no, it's right. just difficult to, uh, to get folks to buy into that. We, we could tell war stories and, and mention people we know, I think, for the rest, uh, really for the rest <laughs> yeah. of the show, certainly probably the rest of the day uh, here. Yeah. We, we do have some questions we like to ask everyone. And uh, Carlos, y'all have some as well when, that you asked me when I was on your show. I loved your, your questions. Um, we didn't steal them, I promise. We have our own. And what that first question, and I hope uh, you got a chance to think about these that came in the invitation, is uh, how did you find your way into data? And would you say you found data or data found you? So I may have, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. I found a community, right? And then as a result of the community, right, I found I found that. So my so my story is I wanted to, in, in college, right, I took two database classes. I hated both of them, right? There was a lot of theory, right? I was like, I, I have no interest in this. Uh, I actually interned. So my dad happened to work for a company that was then acquired by Cisco Systems, right? So I was heavily, even though I wasn't, well, and, and, and through my, I guess, high school years, started doing inventory, installing windows on, you know, floppy diskettes. Anyway, Uh I wanted to be a CCNA, right? I thought I was going to be a network security firewall, right? That's where that's where my that's where my mind was. And so, uh, when I came out of college, you mentioned the early two thousands. I graduated in two thousand two, which was a year after the dot com bust, right? So there had been money, right? Everybody was graduating and getting these awesome jobs, and you know there was, and then all of a sudden, it boom. And there was nothing, right? Like, <laughs> right. wow, wow. People uh, get out of school, getting venture funding, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so if you had, you know, five years of experience, you were still okay. But for us who were recently graduated, it was a tough, it was a tough experience. I can imagine. Um, Goodness. Anyway, so luckily through my internship contacts and whatnot, I went back and I found a job and, um, anyway, and helped uh, was doing internal like internal support for a small consulting company. A couple of years pass, right? One of the consultants leaves, calls me up. I had gotten into, I mean, again, the whole database stuff. Oh, I hate it, right? But because I was working with a consulting agency, I was installing SQL Server, right? Setting up environments for the consultants, things like that. They try to replicate, you know, customer problems. Well, he calls me up one day and he's like, hey, I'm at this new place and they have a DBA position. I think you'd be great for it. I'm like, nope, nope. Not interested. And he's like, well, this is what it pays. And I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I admittedly through it was, it was him that that's, I, I, and, and actually I learned how to become a DBA f- uh, from an Oracle. Uh, so the reason I had the gig was he didn't want to do SQL Server, right? He was a tried and true Oracle skinned in the, you know, um, uh, came from that vein and I wanted nothing to do with SQL server, right? Which is just, you know, old, you know, not old, but like new, the new kid on the block that he didn't have time to mess with. 
And so I was supposed to take care of all the SQL Server stuff because there was more, uh, you know, third-party stuff that started to use SQL Server. Sure. Anyway, and so that was that's kind of my my process is so it didn't again through my my network of people, right? And then I as I took that job, right, started getting active in pass and started talking with people in the community. Then all of a sudden, then I was like, oh gosh, this is cool. The ability to you know approach somebody like I mean. Again, I, I say this with a little bit of uh, what's that word? Uh, you meet somebody famous, right? You know, you're, you know, you're like, uh, you know, awestruck. You know, I can talk to somebody that's on the picture of a book, right? Like, <laughs> that's a pretty cool thing. And the data, the data community was very open, right? Very uh, accepting of that. And so it really was the the community that made me decide. You know what? This database is not all that bad. Right. If I can figure out the technology and work with people like I guess I have been m- more of a people person right, than a technology person that anyway, that's what convinced me to stay. How about that? Is that, that that's so that, great. That a very long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it's a great answer. It sounds like you went the accidental DBA route no, and right. almost all of us, you know, anybody involved with SQL Server. I, in fact, I know I think I know five people in this community that went after a career in data that, you know, that was their start. I want to do that. And everybody else came. I was a software developer and, you know, and even before (laughs) that I was a, you know, manufacturing execution systems developer. And well, I I want to tell a short, the short version of a long story is I turned on all of the tags on a human machine interface software uh, it was over a thousand. So I said, record these every second for a long weekend. And it was it was loading something like Access 95 or something. And of course, wow. I got back. There was a four gig file and it wouldn't open. And I was like, OK, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. And so that next I got I found SQL Server. Same, and we all kind of wind our way into this, you know, and wind up doing it. And you you said this really well. Um the, the summary, I'll just summarize it, what I've heard over and over again from other tech communities in our area, in the Richmond area, and in, um, you know, and, and internationally, even up to there, is that the Microsoft SQL Server community, especially, is the envy uh, of a number of communities. And I think the .NET community is very similar, uh, the Microsoft .NET community, and that we are really willing to help, very welcoming of people new to the tech. And I heard one friend describe his experiences in um, over in another technology stack as um, PTS. And I was like, and he wasn't using that in a positive tone. And I was like, what? And he said, he called it ponytail syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) The old admins with the ponytails. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't pick on old admins anymore since I got old, but you know, but <laughs> yeah. it's not, that's not really what he, he wasn't an age thing. It was more of a hoarding the knowledge and, you know, fear of being replaced. No, and, yeah, sure. and that sort of stuff. And I, I get the whole job security thing, but the, the, especially the Microsoft SQL Server community, I think you see none of that. And that's just very unusual in, in any vertical, you know. So, yeah. good stuff. Well, it's called Frank, SQL Family up. for a reason. Great, right. great point. Yeah. All right, Frank, you're up on question. All right, two. next question. <laughs> next question. What's your favorite part of your current gig? 
Um, so it sounds trite, but that when you can help a customer with a problem that they think is super complex, I'm not saying it's not right, but it's, uh, I'm in it all day. They're not right. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, Hey, that's super great. Like that brings a lot of satisfaction and obviously, you know, owning your own thing brings a lot of flexibility. So I can't deny that that's a, you know, the ability to come on here, for example, right. You just, uh, gives me something, but that idea of, of helping customers, um, I really like that, right? And I want to work with people that that I can help. Very cool. So next we have three fill-in-the-blanks. And the first fill-in-the-blank is when I'm not working, I enjoy blank. So uh, COVID has made this a little bit harder, but I, I would say men- so mentoring youth. Um, I have been in the Boy Scouts for a long time, right? I came up as an Eagle Scout as a, as a kid and then got involved with uh, with scouting. Uh, you know, through my church and just enjoy being with young people. Um, you know, obviously getting together is a little bit, a little bit harder now. Um, and I did just buy a motorcycle last year. My wife uh, finally uh, <laughs> approved, approved a motorcycle purchase. So nice. uh, now I can say that uh, being on a motorcycle is uh, what I enjoy doing when it's not too cold. Although, you know, the winter now, at least here in North America has made it a little challenging, but Um, <laughs> no, I like the motorcycle idea. That's cool. Like I, yeah, I had a convertible for a while and that's close. To all I'll ever get to a motorcycle, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. Um, I, next question is complete the sentence. I think the coolest thing in technology today is blank. I'm going to say the advances in making it accessible. So we kind of talked about this with data a little bit, right? But even, you know, things like Alexa or, you know, some of the AI in your chat features or, you know, software, uh, software as a service, uh, those those types of things. I mean, I think if we're going to use a data feature like a polybase or a data virtualization, right, is, is pretty cool because it allows you to leverage stuff that you already know, right? Like I know how to do this. And I can also then do that as a result. That's pretty, pretty cool. I mean, as a, as a father, I'm seeing a lot of the educational things evolve right. and they're, um, you know, not all of them are great. Right. And not, you know, you, you have to kind of find what works for you, you know, your learning style and whatnot. But I think, uh, tech, you know, I think that the coolest thing about technology is that it's making it easier to get into technology. Right. Right. That's I'm cool. glad you mentioned Alexa, too, because I've noticed something very interesting uh, with my younger son. My younger son's kindergarten, he can't he can kind of read, but he certainly can't write yet. Sure. But so he'll go to Roblox on the iPad. And what he's figured out, if he wants to play a certain game on Roblox, he used to have his brother type in kind of the name of the game in search. But he's figured out he can have Siri do the dictation for him. Ah. So he doesn't have to learn to do that. I think that's <laughs> fascinating. The whole thing, sure. hey, I never taught him that. I didn't teach him that. He figured that out on his own or his brother told. I don't know. I want to sure. actually, I'm going to ask him about that because I, I caught him doing that. And he'd be like, hey, Siri, you know, uh, search for this. And I'm like, I'm like, that's brilliant. You know, like <laughs> I thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Alexa. I had to mute her 
uh, because it, fun fact, you can actually play our podcast. If you say, Alexa, play the data-driven podcast, she will kick off and play. So Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to take that one, figure out how to do that. Oh, totally. I'll, I'll show you. It's not that hard. <laughs> Speaking of lever- t- making technology easier, right? That, exactly. You know, yeah, it's like, <laughs> there we go. So we're like, when we're my like kindergartner. Go ahead, Frank. When my kindergartner requests our podcast, then I'm not sure if that'll be a positive thing. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do some explaining. <laughs> We're like Frank's boys here. We'll uh, we'll keep sharing good ideas, and it'll be it's a little like you know it's a little like those AIs that taught each other their own language. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it's gonna be like that. We're gonna go binary here in a couple of days. Just watch. Uh, <laughs> our our last fill in the blank blank for you, uh, Carlos, is I look forward to the day when I can use technology to blank. It's funny. I actually struggled with this one. I it, it, as much as I work with technology, like in my I don't know. I, I'm sure I use technology more in my personal. Anyway. But I, so what I chose was, uh, help my, help keep my rooms, uh, help keep my kids room clean. <laughs> I need a little Jetsons, you know, or uh, somebody to be like, no, you can't put that on the floor, right? You've, you've reached your dish limit, you know, in your room, like, you know, there's only <laughs> one plate per room or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That is a really good answer. I have that same problem. And, you know, it's with, you know, these days we we did homeschooling before the pandemic. So it wasn't a huge shift for us. But, you know, with even with the remote schooling, you know, our youngest, Riley, it's like I keep telling him, you know, Riley, if you have a bowl of cereal in the morning and you'd like a bowl of soup for lunch, you could just go wash out that bowl and wash out the spoon and then set it there for, <laughs> yeah. until lunch, rather than us having 14 bowls every day in the dishwasher. I'm just, it's a crazy thought. Anyway, Riley is super cool. He's just, my, just an idea. That's it. Yeah. He's, um, for, I called him when he was uh, 12, I called him my command sergeant major 12 year old. And um, Command Sergeant, 12-year-old. And now he's the Master Chief, 13-year-old. I keep coming up with new titles for him. But he's awesome. When I'm live, sometimes, most of the time, he's guarding Twitch. And he treats it like a game. Uh, Dad, I took, out, you know, I took out four people today that tried to post ads and links. Right. <laughs> he's just there managing stuff. There you go. Yeah. That made great, great use maybe for your, y'all's kids. I know you have everybody there at home, Frank. You could get uh, you could get that young one on. That's Twitch. a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. That's yeah, a good idea. He, uh, uh, I, I noticed all the spam cam- comments I get. Most of the spam comments are on uh, Twitch, and then it's followed by YouTube. So there must yeah, be a here. cottage industry on Twitch. Uh, so the next question is: uh, share something different about yourself, but we do ask to you to keep in mind that this is a family podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so I think we're all a little different, right? And so this is a, anyway, a, a bit of a challenge. So I guess I'm, so my father's from Costa Rica, right? So ultimately I'm the son of an immigrant. Um, you know, his, so his mother, so he came when he was 13. 
um, you know, my my grandmother actually had U.S. citizenship because her father was an American that went down to Costa Rica and oh, wow. uh, and came here and was uh, uh, was a nanny. Right. There was a program that for wealthy families in the Northeast. And so she signed up and, and came up. And that's ultimately how the, the family the family got there. And so, uh, you know, that's a, a like we were talking a little bit about family and history right before we started. And yeah. and that's, you know, that's that, that's mine. And I'm, I'm appreciative for the for what she had to do. I mean, left her family in Costa Rica for several years. It, w- it would ultimately take seven years for the family to get back together. Wow. Um, wow. Oh, that's hard. And so, yeah, it's a you know, that, that's an interesting, you know, thing about me. Um, and so I, family's definitely important. So we are, uh, so both my wife and I, so family is a five. So I have five kids. There are five kids in my family. There's five kids in my wife's family. There's five kids in my father-in-law's family, right? There's wow. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so kind of a weird thing. And so all of all those families, so that group, group of five, so it's groups of five, four girls and a boy. So we're a family of women, right? Okay. So I'm the only boy. My son's the only boy. My brother-in-law's the only boy. My father-in-law's the only boy, right? So it's kind of a weird. And my sister, right, who always has to do things different, had four boys and a girl, right? So you, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's anyway. awesome. So where can people learn more about you, Carlos? Yeah, so I mean, from a, from, from, so for me, uh, I would invite them to, you know, Come check out the podcast if you're a data, you know, you're a technologist, you know, like this. Uh, that, that's a good way to get to know us. I mean, I interact with people on LinkedIn, generally in messages. I don't know that I post a whole lot on LinkedIn. I mean, I, I do post some, uh, but that's a good way to connect and start a conversation. I, I If you connect with me, I will generally respond. Well, particularly if I know that you came to me from this podcast, I will respond. And, uh, awesome. you know, thank, thank you. you. And just, you know, and we can start chatting. Right. Um, Very cool. So. Well, awesome. Audible is uh, a sponsor. I'm sorry, Frank. Did I step on your? You can do the Audible. Thing. Go ahead. Audible oh, is a Audible's sponsor. a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. We're going to say ahead. that like as many times as possible. So. All right, I'm muting. <laughs> no, they, they, pay, they pay you for every time you say the word Audible, right? So you have to say exactly. Audible is awesome. Have you? Um. So Audible's a sponsor. So uh, our listeners, if they go to thedatadrivenbook.com, they'll get one free Audible book of their choosing. Do you have an audio book that you recommend or just a regular book that uh, you'd recommend? Yeah, so I can't, I uh, have not gotten into the audio books uh, yet that, um, for whatever reason. Um, so my uh, fiction, so they're looking for a fiction book. The one, the last one that I read is uh, if you, in, let's see, uh, all the light we cannot see by Anthony Doerr, right? So it's a, it is a World War II book, but uh, very interesting. I I enjoyed that one. Um, I- interesting back and forth. So we, we've, we've been talking about kids. So if you're looking at one, I also have a a five year old, six year old. He just turned six. Um, so the last kids on Earth is a fun book. Uh, so it's, you know, definitely geared to that, the younger, to the younger ages, but it has some pictures in it, but also quite a bit of text. I mean, it's like 140 pages. So for my six-year-old, that was a big book, right? Like, <laughs> sure. and so we would read yeah. that. And, uh, the incentive was that I told him we had to finish the book before we watched the Netflix series. So that's nice. Anyway. 
<laughs> Very cool. Nice. So is the book different I just from started the Netflix listening. series? So we actually ended up reading book six, and they start in the beginning. So I, I actually haven't read book one yet, oh, so I, okay. I can't tell you. Uh, oh, no. Okay. It, it, exactly. But uh, the the book we read, the book six, was, was good. So. Cool. Frank, you were saying you've been listening to so some good books. Oh, yeah. I just started listening to today, uh, Believe It, by Jamie Kern-Lima. That's a very interesting uh, book. Um, she uh, basically started a cosmetics company in her living room, and she basically sold to L'Oreal, I think, for $1.2 billion. And that's impressive, but she, her, her take of that $1.2 billion depending on who you ask, is somewhere between $400 million and $425 million. So either well, way, you know, for, to create If you go startup, through McDonald's, out like on Wednesdays, they sell cheeseburgers. And if you freeze a bag of like 10 of those, you can make it on $400 million. I'm just saying. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the things saying. that you must, uh, you know, have to get used to, you know, $400 million. Yeah. <laughs> So I could buy that that uh, that big sack of White Castle burgers, yeah, yeah. and you freeze them, right? Then you can take them. one out every day. Oh, 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 That's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, dude, I would I would have the best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. That sounds like an awesome story, though. I love reading stories like that, and there's a lot of inspiration in there. I know Frank and I listen to uh, uh, several podcasters in common. Frank has introduced me to most of them. Uh, Carlos, are there any uh, other podcasts that you listen to or YouTube channels? Or Aside from ours, of course. Oh, aside well, from yours, of course. Yeah, that was yeah. a given. Yeah. Um, yeah so admittedly, I, had, I have uh, kind of stepped away from podcasts a little bit. So, you know, with no commute, you know, it makes it a little bit hard, more challenging to to get on there. Uh, you know, I feel that. Yeah, I'm with you. And generally, so in the in the tech space, I mean, I, I tend to be fairly data platform focused and there, there's just not that many out there. Um, so it the podcast I'm listening to are mostly about business, right? So How I Built This by, uh, it's, it's the NPR ones, okay. right? Um, there are the, um, oh gosh, I want to say Quibble, but that's not right. Uh, who's the guy up in New York? They started the business, and they they made a podcast about how they started their business. Um, oh gosh, Gary right No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Um, uh, I'll have to find it. It's it's a short like so. Their seasons like they're done. They're not making any more, and so it's you know it's archived. You know, there's no new episodes there, but it's kind of one of those uh, you know ones you have to go back and listen to because they were just one of the first and. Um, anyway, so if you have show notes, I will, I will make sure you send a link for the show notes. Cause I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's why awesome. Frank and I are doing similar type stuff. Frank and I, we, we mentioned this often enough. We've got a secret project still, still secret going. We we've labeled it project Ringgate after the expanse. We're fans of the writing and the series, uh, the expanse. And by the way, that last book is due out right now. The published date is I think November 2nd. The last in a series is called Leviathan Fails. Yes, Frank, has, and you're wearing. I saw your shirt, Frank. Uh, there you go. There's oh, the yeah. Rossi, MCRN, and he's the, the MCRN Navy. Yep. So it's uh, it's a neat series. Couple of writers that work with Lucas, 
um, experience in creating uh, space operas, if you will. And uh, yeah, so and uh, one of the guys oh, worked for uh, George R. R. Martin. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. okay. Yeah, one of the guys. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So we're recording very much like that. We're doing uh, some recording for that kind of thing as well, and that's just it's a it's an interesting thing. We will uh, we will see when that all comes out. Yes. Startup by Gimlet Media. Startup. Right. Okay. Yep. That's the very one. Very good. Anyway. Awesome. I have a hard well, stop coming up, Frank. I'm going to need so to, to jump. So we're yeah, going to yeah. end it. This Thanks, was a fantastic man. show. Yeah, Thank great. you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank sir. you. And we'll let the nice British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.